Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Our Father in heaven in heaven. Well, what kind of God am I praying to? I'm praying to the God in heaven, the creator of the universe. And that simply means when I think about that in that context, this is a God who has the power to do anything he wants. He personally created all the heavens and all the earth. Different levels of social standing can create unfortunate division between multiple classes of people. From rich to poor and ruler to citizen, each of us experiences the tension of division in some way or another. One of these tensions comes from petitioning those above us, only to feel our voices are unheard. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us about how our Father in Heaven hears each and every one of us. In our study, Pastor Mark encourages us to reflect on just how amazing it is that the creator of the universe desires us to come before him in petition and prayer. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, How to Pray. that God, in a relationship with your father, it can have a fun aspect? Hello? Hello? Is there anybody in here in this building this morning? God, the deafness that's out here this morning. (laughs) Father, well, sure. For sure. I mean, if you look at Christianity as boring, unapproachable God, distant, doesn't care for me then that's the wrong concept of a father. Fun. I mean, look at you. When God looks down, you don't think he has fun? Look at you. I get to, I'm going to get a camera one day, and boy, I'm going to have fun. But look at us. I mean, for sure he's laughing right now. And it's fun. So when you think about that, this is how the prayer starts off. See, some of us, and there is a holy aspect to it. We'll get to them all. But some of us are like this. God, can't worship, can't do it. That's wrong. He's your father. Approachable. Respect. Trust. Provider. Fun. Let's say it this morning. Fun. Here we go. Put, all right, you got to do this. Put your notes down. Put your notes down. Put your finger on the side of your mouth. Raise your thing. Fun. Fun. Okay. Turn to your neighbor and do it. Show them your ugly teeth right now. Just say, fun, fun. Praise God. Now we're awake. Now where were we? Let's go back to another point. All right. So here's what I want you to write. Next thing I want you to write. It's kind of an addition to the prayer definition we gave you last week. P. 
Prayer is a two-way conversation with our, our loving Father. With our loving Father. You see, it matters who we pray to. It matters who we pray to. Look at the next part of verse 9. Our Father in heaven. In heaven. Well, what kind of God am I praying to? I'm praying to the God in heaven. The creator of the universe. And that simply means when I think about that in that context, this is a God who has the power to do anything he wants. He personally created all the heavens and all the earth. You probably saw this next picture yesterday in the newspaper. It's a, well, it's just this new planet. And I love the Today newspaper because it said the astronomers have found a new planet. By the way, God never lost the planet. It was always there. But here's a picture of it. Let me read to you about this morning. It's icy, rocky, and bigger than Pluto. And according to scientists who found it orbiting the sun, it's the newest planet on our solar system's block. The planet, the farthest known object in our solar system, is currently 9 billion miles away from the sun. Now, does that register in your brain anywhere? 9 billion miles? I mean, the only way that registers 9 billion miles is if you had to fill up the tank and the gas thing and go that far. 9 billion miles? We can't even grasp that, can you? It's always been there. And that's just our solar system. So when you begin to think about God in heaven, it's not an aloofness. It's a grandeur. It's power. And it simply means, well... It matters who we pray to. You got to write this next part down and I'll explain it to you. Who we pray to determines the expectancy and the outcome of our prayers. Who we pray to, to determines the expectancy and the outcome of our prayers. In other words, as as I think about God, if that's who I pray to, if he's in heaven and he's the creator of the universe, then I, can, I have great hope for my prayers. I have great faith for my prayers. I can, I can say good outcomes coming. Let me give you a couple other ideas. It matters who we pray to. I've been all over the world and many times in the Far East. Here's a picture that I've seen many varieties of, and I'm not making fun of anybody's, quote, religion. But let me just ask you this morning. Here's Buddha. It matters who we pray to. See, Buddha is no different than the fish god of the Philistines. It's no different. It can't do anything. It's not alive. Certainly isn't in heaven. Created nothing. In fact, was created by man. It matters who we pray to. Here's another one. It'll shock you. Who's the biggest god? By the way, that's a mirror. If we're not careful, we're the biggest God. We operate independently from God. I don't really need to pray to God. Many of you this last week didn't pray at all because you just handled your own life. You're your own God. It matters who you pray to because you're finite, so am I. If I'm determining my life, the expectancy and the outcome, it's not going to be very good. 
Because look at me. I fail. I don't have the answers to life. Do you? No, you don't. Absolutely you do not. So it matters hugely who we pray to. Now, when I think of God in heaven, that's the one true God who created everything. He is all-powerful. In other words, unlimited power. There isn't one thing that limits his power. He's all-knowing. When I pray to a God that's all-knowing, I like that. In fact, last week you remember Jesus said, well, when you pray, God already knows what you need before you ask. It matters who you pray to this morning. This is the God of the universe. And last, God is everywhere at the same time. He's not bound by time and space. As you pray for people, it doesn't matter wherever you're at. I remember a few years ago, I was in India with a KP Yohannan and Gospel for Asia. And I was out in this, in this uh, field, you know, 5,000 miles from home. There was nothing in the field. We were miles from anything. I'm standing out here with the cattle and whatever that they never eat, and, you know, just graze whatever. And, and I had to call back to the office, and I borrowed KP's universal phone. And I called Sharon in the office. I, can't, I think it was Sharon. I can't remember who it was. I called my secretary in the office, Boom, instant. And I was blown away. Here I am, 5,000 miles. Wow, I just talked to my, I just talked to the church office. Boom, humble, low, unbelievable. Do you know this morning when you pray? When we worship in a moment, God's more than 5,000 miles away. He's billions of miles away. And yet he lives here. See, and tomorrow when you go to work, and if you would yell out all the cities you're going to tomorrow, it would be amazing. God's in all of them at the same time. It matters. It matters who you pray to. Distance is not an issue with God. It matters who you pray to. You see, I don't have to go to the special Buddhist temple, to the special God, because I can pray to him anywhere, anytime, any place. And it's a God who's all-knowing, all-powerful, incredible, everywhere at the same time. Write this down. When you think about that kind of a God in heaven, what does it bring me? Well, praying to the one true God brings us, it should bring you also the same. I'm humbled. It brings us humility. It brings us this devotion or worship. It brings me a peace. Because I know he's in control. And then lastly, it brings me confidence to do life. I can just do life. Because the God I'm praying to is all-knowing. He's for me. He's not against me. In verse 9, it goes on. Hallowed be, we don't use that word hardly ever. You can just write in there. Hallowed be or holy is your name. Now, a person's name in the Old Testament and Bible times was a lot different than today. A person's name had tremendous meaning in our days today, if you, I remember many years ago when we had our kids, you know, you went through these books and you went through all these books and try to find a name for your child. Well, I don't want this one. These are the top 10 now and it'll be like them. We've got to find something different. And some of you came up with these names that your kid wished you had never came up with. Teacher can't pronounce it. Nobody knows if it's a boy or a girl, whatever. But anyway, they, they don't mean too much to us. We just find a name. Well, that wasn't true. In, in Jesus' time, a name... Well, it related to the person's character. It had meaning. Let me ask you. I'll give you a couple names this morning. See what, see what comes to mind. Lance Armstrong. 
Did name have any meaning to you this morning? What's it mean? What, when you think of Lance Armstrong, what do you think of? Well, you think of a guy that's lazy, doesn't have any discipline. Is that right? No, I think it's just the opposite, don't you? Do you think of a motorcycle or a bike? Think of a bike. And you think of a person that, in spite of whatever, is a champion. He's a winner. Let me give you another name. See what you think with the name. Billy Graham. Does anything of character come to mind to you? It should. Unflappable. Faithful. Never cheated on his wife. Not a scandal of finances in his ministry. Say your name. What comes to mind when people say your name? Well, here's the one I want you to ask yourself. When you say God, the name of God, what comes to your mind? See, now, already this morning you should say, okay, Pastor, my Father, Abba, fun. Yeah, we're learning. We're learning. God, all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere at the same place, creator of everything, faithful. I mean, if a great study someday we'll do is the names of God. Jehovah Jireh. Some of you need that name this morning. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You need it. So when we say holy is your name, David knew this truth. In Psalms 9, 10, it says, those who know your name will trust in you. In other words, in that name is the character of the person. So write this down this morning. God's name is a reflection of who he is. His character. The name of God is virtually indistinguishable from the person of God. So when I hallow his name, or when I say, Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. I'm thinking of Daddy, but I'm also thinking of the character of God. Well, what helps me as I'm approaching God to answer my prayers? What helps me to know about his character? Well, let me show you on the screen. Exodus 34 is a great passage. Look how it goes. Well, then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and called out his own, his own what? He called out his own name. And I ask you a question. When you mention your name, what does it mean? God's going to say, well, when you mention my name, this should come to mind to you. God's not bragging. He's just telling us who he is. And he says, as he called out his own name and the Lord, as Moses stood there in his presence, and he passed in front of Moses and he said, now this is the character of God. When you think of God, the God you're praying to this morning, when you worship at a few moments at the end of the service, this is a God you need to think about his character. He is holy, but he's a lot more than holy. Notice, I am the Lord. I am the Lord, the merciful and gracious God. Has anybody here experienced his mercy and grace? Anybody? Anybody? Would you like to experience it tomorrow morning? Ooh, his mercies are new every morning. I am the Lord. I am the Lord, the merciful and gracious God. I am slow. Gail Irwin goes like this. Slow to anger. How many are a little fast to anger? Yeah, difference. Big difference. Are you glad God's... I'm so glad God's slow to anger. Otherwise, we'd all be toast here all the time. Some of us would have been toast this week. would have been gone. Just gone. Slow to anger. Rich and unfailing love. Never ever fails. And faithfulness. Well, it's nice that that's your character, God. But what about me? Watch. 
I show this unfailing love to many thousands by forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. So the pattern for prayer goes like this. I'm going to God. I'm a Christian, but I've sinned and I'm, I didn't want anybody to know what I did. It was horrible. And the enemy says to me, you, ha- you, actually, you actually think God's going to forgive you? You know, if that got out, that'd ruin you. God doesn't love you. How could you have done that? But notice what the scripture says. I forgive you of every kind of stuff. Hallelujah. That's the character of God. So when I say holy or hallowed be his name, what does that really mean? Well, first of all, you revere his name. You understand his character. gives me confidence. And then I show honor to his name one way, by obeying him. You see, when I pray to God, holy is your name, we're asking, well, we are asking that our lives reflect who he is. I'm a son and daughter of God. In essence, a chip off the old block. And if you see me and I'm a Christian, in some ways I should reflect who my heavenly father is. That means I honor his name. I resemble his name. I resemble his character. I'm slow to anger. I forgive. I don't gossip. I'm not filled with anger at people and unforgiveness. I'm not always looking for a way to kind of get in and stir stuff up. No, I'm peaceable. I'm faithful. That's the way we honor his name. Now, verse 10, right outside of verse 10, write this. God's purpose. We've just talked about God's person. This is God's purpose. Well, what are his purposes? We'll see two of them this morning. When God created the heavens and the universe as a whole, he established something called the kingdom of God. In your Bible, the way I do it, I just write KG, kingdom of God. I abbreviate it when I need to do that for my notes. So the kingdom of God, the word kingdom, it's not a very familiar term to us because we're not in England and Britain and whatever and some of these other countries, but the word kingdom means authority or reign or rule of a king. So here's a definition. A kingdom is a place where the king rules. It's a place where the king rules. Psalm twenty-two twenty-eight says, for dominion belongs to the Lord And he rules over his nation. Well, what does it mean? Jesus says, this is the pattern. You're to pray. I'm to pray, God, your kingdom come. What does that mean? Now, remember, it matters who you pray to. What king am I praying to? The king of the whole universe. So your kingdom come has three three different categories to it. Let's talk about the first one. When I pray your kingdom come, it relates to something that's going to happen in the future. Remember, this world is, well, it is the kingdom of God, but there's another kingdom that rules in this world right now also. It's the kingdom of Satan. There's two opposing kingdoms. Everyone was born in the kingdom of Satan in the rebellion that Satan caused. So you have a sin nature. And you'll see later that if I don't do something about that, I remain in the kingdom of Satan, and that's not a good thing. So there is a day coming, 
And so this prayer for the kingdom to come is a future hope for us. A prayer for the future rule of Jesus over the whole world. I'm so glad to say to you this morning, there's a day coming when we don't have to listen to some of the rulings coming from the court systems. We don't have a television that has the most garbage and stuff on it. We don't have little kids being beaten. We don't have starving people. We don't have all these horrendous crimes with these sexual predators in our kids all over the world. There's a day coming. There's no more sickness. There's no more pain. There's no more sorrow. Hallelujah. Well, how's that coming? Well, it's coming. Revelation eleven fifteen says this. The kingdom of this world, talking about the future, has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. So when I'm praying the kingdom come, this gives me a perspective of eternity, of the heavens. Let me give you a a quick run through the book of Revelation in one minute. There's a day coming. We have two kingdoms now. God's still ruling the whole universe, but he allows Satan to rule at the moment. He's the king of this world. There's a day coming. It's called the rapture. If you're a Christian, there's a day coming. You're alive. You will be caught up instantaneously to be with the Lord. You're going to be in heaven. You're going to receive your new body. It's going to be awesome. And when that happens, immediately, the, well, the wrath of God is released on this earth It's a seven-year period. You find that in Revelation chapter 6 to Revelation 19. And over half the world dies in this seven years. It's horrible. At the end of that seven years, we come back with Jesus to set up his rule and reign temporarily for a thousand years. It's called the millennium here. Satan is put away for a thousand years. And it's, it's, like a re, it's like a renewed paradise, like the Garden of Eden for a thousand years. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Then at the end, Satan is released just for a little while. And finally, the final battle, Jesus destroys him. And then in Revelation 21, we won't go there this morning for a time. Revelation 21, the Bible says we get a new heaven and we get a new earth. And you and I are going to live with God, our Papa, forever. And by the way, there will be fun. (laughs) Some of you that can't believe it. I'm going to look for it and go, I told you so, I told you so, it's fun. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. The flip side of it is if you haven't become a Christian, you will remain in the kingdom of Satan. And the kingdom of Satan and all the demons and Satan are thrown into the lake of fire to suffer forever. So when I pray the kingdom come, it has a future aspect. It gives me hope. It brings me perspective. Some of you are going through the most difficult time of your whole life right now. One day it will end. I don't know how it will end, but God will give you the strength to go through it. But eventually, nothing but good is going to happen. And that gives me a... See, when I pray that, it gives me a perspective for my prayer. Second, the kingdom of God is not only future, but the kingdom of God, well, it's right here, right now. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us how each and every one of our requests, big or small, is heard by God. In our study, we learned how the expectancy of the outcome of our prayers is determined by just who it is that we pray to. As the Bible teaches, there's only one true living God that can hear our prayers and respond accordingly to our petitions. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will demonstrate to us what Thy Kingdom Come should look like in our lives. Rather than a prayer of mindless repetition, Pastor Mark will teach us that this prayer should ultimately change us on a daily basis. In our study, we'll learn that our prayer for God's kingdom to come coincides with the change of heart that comes from Christ. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Mark. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Yeah.